Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, you're listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much again for joining me. My motivational quote for today is by John Quincy Adam, and it says, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you're a leader. That's right. It's time to get up, go to work again. How do you feel? How are you bummed out that you have to spend your day going through all the motions of doing quote unquote a good job with colleagues just putting in their time? Or are you eager to see what the day brings and how you can shape it, help it, and maybe even contribute? Far too many of us are working in environments where employee engagement means nothing more than free coffee. If there's a better way, is there a better way? Today my guest is going to discuss the possibilities of what going to work every day might look like if more companies would finally adopt a new type of thinking. Skip Lackey is a founding partner of MyChiefWellness.com and MeditationPrescription.com. Skip started his career, wait for it, as a clown and toured with Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. He then went on to be an actor on TV, in movies and on Broadway, as well as being an executive producer for a New York production company. Living a life filled with passion, Skip and his wife Christine then started Evolution Unlimited Inc. It's the North American arm of the journey. We'll talk about that today. He is also the president of Conscious Company Inc. This is a new organization that's helping people uncover their innate leader within. So Skip, with that intro, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Connie. I really appreciate you having me on your program. Yeah, I when I got your bio, I have to tell you, I giggled when I saw the cloud, and then the actor, and then the producer, and now you know, no surprise that throughout all of that, that you've um, you know you've been a business owner as well. So interesting background. Yeah, uh, you know what's interesting is it, the clown aspect of my history really brings. Uh, out the innocence and the kid-like qualities in people when I talk about it. And I, I call it the scrunch factor. And I can really judge how people, um, how fun, how, how willing to uh, step outside the box they are when I talk about my background. And when I start to mention clowning, so many people have uh, preconceived notions of what that is, of the idea of running away and joining the circus. And it brings out the, the, the kid and the innocence of people and so it's, it's a wonderful conversation starter. Even though it was a long time ago, it's still, you know, part of my history that I find is uh, uh, the response to it really evokes uh, interesting emotional responses. So it, it's really fun. Yeah, and I bet, you know, as silly as this sounds, right, that you have this interesting background, but knowing that you are a clown and that you really can tap into that silliness, I would bet that people open up to you maybe even quicker because you have this kind of cool background. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because what happens is I'll be in a meeting, even in a corporate environment, uh, mostly in a corporate environment, people on a break will come up you know, on the side, and they'll speak out of the side of their mouth and go, oh, you know, I juggle, or 
I used to clown, <laughs> or I, I did magic as a kid. And, and so it, it really does, it's a, it's a level of intimacy about my background that sure. it brings out, like I said, this innocence in people and this sense of fun. And, and I believe that um, I try to bring that sense of fun and play and uh, being a little irreverent to every workshop or coaching session that I do with my clients and, and when I'm teaching, especially leadership workshop, because it's a big part of it. Adding a sense of humor is so important. Yeah, because you and I were saying this before uh, we started the show, that, oh, imagine that. We are humans working amongst humans, and there is, you know, emotion, and there is uh, connections that we get. So I, I, can, I can only imagine how really people open up to you. I, I think that's an awesome uh, story to tell, you know, an awesome background. So I just had a comment on that. I, I do want to jump in. What is, you know, in your uh, speaking gigs and in your uh, leadership teaching, you do speak about visionary leadership. Can you tell everybody what that is? Sure. The concept of visionary leadership is, is, um, it's been around for a long time, and it's a term that's, that's brought up in a lot of uh, conversations about leadership, and yet I think it gets lost. The idea of, of being able to have a vision of what you want to create is, is so important, and then that can be goal orientation, but the truth is Having a vision of saying, are you really living your mission, vision, and values and the goals that you've set for your organization, your company, um, whatever business you have? And uh, I'll go into uh, a corporate boardroom and I'll say to uh, the executive team, I'll say, so, so tell me your mission statement uh, or your, you know, your vision statement. And they'll go, oh, well, we're here to change the, the, our business and the, uh, Oh, you know what? It's up on the wall downstairs. Uh, I can't remember. Does anybody remember it? And they'll kind of piece it together. And then I'll say, well, what are your values? What are the top three of maybe five values you have in your company? Well, it's integrity, honesty, uh, quality, and they don't know. So the idea is if you don't know your mission, your vision, your values, if you really don't know the why that you're in business other than to make a profit, how do you expect anybody in the organization to know what that is and have that guiding vision to be able to move forward in your business? So uh, a lot of what I do in my leadership work, which my program is called the Praxis Leadership Academy, and the idea of praxis means to turn idea and move it into action is to really make it really clear that we as leaders need to be steeping in emotional intelligence, social intelligence, um, uh, mindfulness skills, using conscious leadership skills to be able to engage first ourselves, then to be able to have the vision that we want without all the old crap that we've been carrying in the old command and control leadership styles that I was raised with at least, and then to be able to move forward and be able to move a group of people and engage them in action, in, in conscious action. And you mentioned during, uh, at the beginning as you were reading uh, your piece about engagement, Connie, it is so important because 70% of our worldwide workforce, according to Gallup last year, was disengaged at work. Yeah. 70%. I mean, it is, it, and, and, and you also mentioned this, and we had talked about this just before we started recording the show, which is the idea that, Corporations are some entity 
that are not people-oriented. I mean, businesses and organizations and corporations are made up of people, and people have people issues, people problems, and have to be treated with empathy, compassion, guidance, have to be coached. Uh, and I think a lot of organizations get lost in the, the idea of just focusing on profit, and they forget that their best tool is sitting right in front of them at that desk, in front of that screen. So how do we engage our employees to have that vision and be able to move forward where they are individual leaders sitting at each one of those desks and not some cubicle where they're, they're just going to collect a paycheck, which is what most people do at work. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it's really important. Yeah, and you know, you, you said something that, that triggered in my mind. I think the our work environment, and I'm kind of doing air quotes as I say work, it started really that corporate structure, the term going to work, uh, began when the Industrial Revolution hit, and we had um, these production lines. So people went, you sat, and you just did these mindless movements of putting widgets together or whatever it was that the company was producing or creating and so that idea of the cubicle you know you mentioned the cubicle that's what I pictured this poor person standing on this assembly line and just doing the same movement over and over and over again and then that's how corporations were formed right so now fast forward where we're creating services online stuff so we're not working quote-unquote in this production line anymore yet we're using management skills that were developed, you know, in the early 1900s during the Industrial Revolution when corporations were, were uh, you know, became a structure and we're still treating people as if they're on a production line. You know, you don't want robots working for you. We do want a happy work environment. You know, studies and studies have shown that production goes up when people are happy. So just also interesting. You know, you, your, your uh, practice leadership program, do... Is that a tried and true program? Like where has that been used and what does the success look like? Yeah, well, the Praxis Leadership Academy is a, a newer version of something that, um, that I had helped develop called uh, the Visionary Leadership Program and uh, that I was the president of a company called ConsciousCompany.com. Now, I've gone on to break away and do my own work uh, which is really bringing emotional intelligence, social intelligence, mindfulness in a, a much deeper level than most leadership programs. I mean, what this really is, is a program where you dive deeply into the emotional issues or uh, areas of your life that you are completely unconscious about to be able to clear those so that you can step forward and be the leader the innate leader that I think each one of us has inside. It's just we have fear, we have trepidation, we're worried about um, being ridiculed for our thoughts, our ideas, and concepts. So yes, the Visionary Leadership Program, we uh, actually had the Justice Department of Canada. Uh, we were involved for a couple years with uh, being part of their core training of their leadership program. We have brought it into other corporations. There's a couple companies around the United States that have done it, and we have companies overseas, over in Europe, in South Africa, in Australia, that have actually been implementing the older uh, visionary leadership skills. So I've actually taken it, uh, taken it and really uh, honing it to actually be able to go in and turn managers into leaders, and especially getting people prepped for the millennial generation 
that is coming forward, this younger generation that is completely different from the, the old style of leadership with the baby boomers we're dealing with. So, yes, it has been used, and it's a refreshed version of that. Yeah, and I love how you said you're teaching managers how to be leaders. Managing is nothing more than the technical aspect of managing a process, um, compliance, if you have compliance things within your industry, etc. The leadership is, and, and my quote said it so beautifully, John Quincy Adams, you know, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you're a leader. So it's not about managing the computer system, your IT, and all of that. It's about really leading people to whatever that success is for them. So it's really remarkable um, that the topic of leadership has transformed, I think, in, definitely during my career, but certainly during the past, I, I would say, you know, 10 years, you know, we talk about mindfulness and, um, you know, visionary, I love that word, but we do talk about these things in this corporate environment, and I love it, you know, because we are humans amongst humans. So now you also mentioned the journey um, I don't know if it was during our conversation or in the show. I can't remember now because I'm 54 and I'm old. <laughs> but you talked about the journey. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. The journey is a, um, it's a mind-body healing technique that a lot of the skills that uh, came out of visionary leadership <clears throat> were developed in. And I had started Evolution Unlimited back in uh, 2003 and put well over 10,000 people through a weekend workshop and cool. did over 1,000 workshops, um, uh, really teaching people how when we have uh, a past, which we all do, we're all human, we have what are called cell memories that are areas in our body that have, um, have, have really embraced, could be trauma, it could be a situation, and we repress these cell memories and push them down into our body and carry them with us. So what this is really about is about being able to release stored cell memories of the past or of fears of uh, feeling less than not good enough. And as a leader, I find that it's hugely important to be able to do that because what we witnessed, how we were, uh, who we are, is actually influenced by these cell memories that come up in our unconscious that arise, and everything is based out of fear. So... <clears throat> when the economy crashed a few years ago, oh gosh, there were so many cell memories that got uh, made, the fear, safety and security issues, issues of, of control that came up, and everybody just battening down the hatches and trying to survive, when what we really needed more and more of was this idea of conscious leadership, of really being able to embrace all the things that we're talking about. Because as you were saying, Connie, that, you know, Turning managers into leaders is what our focus should be as educators in the, uh, in the business environment because, yes, management was designed around the Industrial Revolution. The concept of toe the line was yep. on a production line, right, to stand there and managers made sure that there was somebody at that station towing the line to make sure that things got done in a timely manner and they were meeting their, their expectations and their numbers. That is not what our economy is about almost any longer. I mean, so much manufacturing has gone overseas, and still there is that, uh, that level of expectation. But to get the most out of people, there's a huge return on investment and ROI when we can get people to be more engaged, happier at work, uh, really focused on 
as individuals, what can I provide to the company? What can I do? And how am I engaged, which will then uh, turn things around for even a small organization. Now, all the signs, it's, it's even more critical the smaller the organization. So the, the journey was the foundation of where a lot of these skills came from. So when you ask, is this tried and true? Yes, I put tens of thousands of people through this. I've trained up coaches and uh, visionary leadership coaches and all kinds of different people in using the skills all over the world. So yes, it does work. Yeah, and, and you know, toe the line, right, again, the Industrial Revolution, that's where it came from, from these production lines, just to make sure that there were no glitches and that the production numbers stayed where they were supposed to be. But you hear that term today. You have to toe that corporate mantra or toe the corporate line. We hear that, and it's, it's just so off base because, yes, you want team players, but what can we as leaders uh, create within our, our employees, the work environment, the department, the corporation. I mean, you could go from the department small to the huge corporation, but what can we create so that people willingly toe that corporate line and it's not like you're cracking a whip at them um, as if they're on a production line. So there's so much going on. I, I, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I really, I, I, I hope the listeners uh, keep tuning in because I'm curious. Let's talk about the issues that this works most effectively with. Again, the issues within humans and what, how does this work? Okay, so quick break and then we'll talk about that. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back and we are speaking with Skip Lackey and we are talking about uh, leadership, mindful leader, leadership, creating uh, healthy, happy work environments so we can increase production and the return on investment of our human capital, right, of our employees. So with all of this cellular stuff, the cellular, cellular memory going on, and I, I do believe that because uh, when the... Um, unemployment rate went crazy and people were losing jobs left and right and businesses were closing you know a few years ago the new mantra in most of the corporations that I work with was you're you're lucky to have a job <laughs> do more with less you know it and and what do you what are you telling people like we don't care about you we have to keep running the business and I I don't think that the managers or leaders that were saying this, I think everybody went into survival mode. So that cellular memory of people panicking, am I going to be the next one to get the pink slip? Um, you know, all of this is fear-based. So what, what do you find are the, the issues that 
I guess are handled the most effectively with this this journey, this whole um, leadership program, the Practice mm-hmm. Leadership Academy you talk about? Well, uh, as I said, Connie, the, the first step in, in our series of workshops that we teach taking managers and turn them into true leaders is to look at our own issues and say, what are our beliefs? What are our old beliefs or embedded beliefs? Uh, what's in our body of what we believe leaders are? Because it's interesting when you really start to look at what people's concepts of leaders are. And it really kind of boils down to three things, whether being a charismatic leader, being a servant leader, or being in a collaborative leadership experience. So that's the kind of the corporate environment of you know, death by meetings and death by PowerPoint that we have these days. But you'll have those, those leaders that will be out there and believe it has to be charismatic, so you have to be a servant leader. Some organizations are built around that, and others are built around collaborative concepts. But the truth is, you know, we need people to be able to step up and move forward. So in general, uh, what we're talking about is uh, the concept of being a conscious leader, being able to pivot when you need to, being able to coach, being a coach, coaching leader so that you're engaging people. As we mentioned earlier on the show during your first segment, that seven out of ten people are disengaged at work. Mm. So what this is really about is focus on who and what do I think a leader is? How can I clear out certain issues, these cellular memories that are stopping or blocking me from being able to be expansive as a leader? And then we move into our kind of our second phase, our second module of the, the academy, which then talks about well, what kind of leader do I want to be? What's my vision? What what do I want to create? What do I want my legacy to be? Who do I want to impact? And how authentic and, uh, am I and how innate is this leadership quality that is specific to me coming out? And then the third level of it is how do I move a group of people to take action? Just like we talked about <coughs> with that um, John Quincy Adams um, quote, how mm-hmm. do you motivate people to take action and excite them to where they take ownership as opposed to pointing at somebody and go, you're responsible for this. Where is the self-accountability, the self-efficacy that really needs to be there so that people love to come, feel uh, they can trust um, their leadership and the people that are above them and below them to where there's more of a horizontal leadership style as opposed to the top-down vertical leadership style. How do, we in, how do we create an environment, a culture of people that literally can move forward and, and rise to the top uh, in a way that they feel so engaged? Work is more like family. It's fun. It's exciting because they understand the why, and they have their own why, whether it's a small team within a large organization or you know, a, a, a group or an entity or, you know, when you're on a project, how do we do that? So this is what this really is about, is to be able to help people define who they are as a leader, what they want to create, and then how to go out and motivate people to take conscious action along with them and and get them excited about it. Yeah, and I challenge people, the, the last thing you said that when folks are engaged, um, you go to work with this sense of family and you're excited and, you know, if you had an idea the night before, you can't wait to bring it to your team, right, all of that. 
I am I challenge people to think back because I'm I am sure that whether you're happy or unhappy in your current position there had to be a time even when you were a kid working part-time that you chose to work at that part-time job what what did it feel like remember what it felt like to be excited to go to work to be part of that team um, and and think about that feeling that's a cellular I would think um, a cellular memory to some extent but think oh, about sure. that feeling and and we need to recreate that for our teams now um, depending on what level you are within within your corporate structure middle management new leaders you know emerging uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. now the cellular healing I totally get that because when something goes wrong at work I think we all have that feeling, gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, where we remember when that happened last. So to me, if I'm understanding that right, that's almost that cellular healing. Is, is, did I understand that? Well, it's clearing, it's clearing out the trigger points. And it goes back to the idea of emotional intelligence. This is much deeper than just what Daniel Goldman, when he coined that term back in the mid-'90s, talks about emotional intelligence. This is actually not just talking about it, but a very specific technique to go back and, and clear out those old negative cell memories so that the healing takes place so that you can be free to not be afraid to make mistakes, to not be afraid to speak up, to not be afraid to um, say something that's gonna, you're, where you're going to be reprimanded or be, uh, uh, be uh, uh, made to feel inferior or less than. So all of those memories are stored in our body from different situations from, from growing up in our school, uh, early job experiences that we feel um, can shut us down. So nobody wants to be humiliated. It's just like the concept of um, if you go out on the street and you ask people, what's your greatest fear? Six, and they've done studies that show that six out of ten of them will say that public speaking yeah. is the greatest fear, right? So yes. when, was the, you know, when was the last time you saw somebody up on stage giving a talk or a speech and their arm fell off or, you know, they, <laughs> they fell off? You know, it doesn't happen. But it's this idea and this concept, and it really boils down to not fear of public speaking, fear of humiliation. Mm -hmm. And this is where the awareness of bringing emotions and the awareness of emotions into the workplace brings unity, it, it bonds a team, it creates a, a culture of freedom where, where young managers and leaders are not afraid to fail, uh, there's innovation that happens. The ROI on this is off the charts. If an organization in Michigan that I've worked with, when I first started working with them, they were not-for-profit, they, they were doing around $4.5 million a year in business, and they had about 225, 50 employees. Over the period that I've been going in there and teaching this and going in on a regular basis, they have quadrupled their yearly contracts. That's they true. have, uh, yeah, and now they're at about 650 people, and they've, they've doubled their locations, and they were not for profit. The, the state of Michigan started throwing contracts at them because they were so committed. They understood their why. Everybody in the company could... On, if you ask them, what's our mission? What's our vision? What are our values? What do we stand for? What are we committed to? It was just ingrained in every single person in the company, and the company exploded after being very stagnant for a long time when the COO, who is now the executive director, brought this in. 
And she brought it in. She came and did some of the classes and then brought me in to reinforce what she was doing. And the company has just exploded since then. So these yeah. are the kind of things that can happen when we're all on the same page. Everybody's on the bus. We know the why. Everybody knows what the goals are. There's complete transparency. There's trust. There's engagement. Uh, the people that we don't have attrition, you know, people leaving their jobs, you know, their attrition rate at this company in Michigan is uh, like almost two-thirds. It's a, it's a third of what their, their industry averages of, of, um, of losing people. Um, and so think about the savings of just that alone if you're engaged sure. and, and you're not going from job to job, what the savings is. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you said at the beginning. Sometimes when you walk into these corporations and you say, well, share with me what's your mission, you know, what's your vision? And they go, uh, they don't have a clue. So if they don't have a clue, how can they instill that and have that structure clear from top to bottom? When you don't have clarity, you have people, you have chaos. For me, if you don't have clarity in what you're trying to accomplish, if you don't know, how am I supposed to know, you know, certainly as the employee? Now, it's interesting. I just taught this week a uh, presentation class with um, some executives, and they're, um, they're going to come back. It was a half-day session. Now they come back, and I videotape them. And several of them said, yeah, I'm not feeling too good about that. Now, they know what they want to say. They knew their content. Most of them knew what the, what the content would be for the presentation. But I would say 80% of them said, yeah, kind of nervous, not feeling good about it. And I said, that's fear. You, you guys know you could do this. You're, you're speaking with customers, boards of directors all the time. You can do this. It's that innate fear. And then, so, of course, we're doing it in a smaller group than the classroom. And um, just to make it more intimate for the videotaping and the feedback and that it doesn't take forever to go through. And, um, you know, I said to them, we are going to be respectful. We're going to be mindful because we know how we feel getting up there. And we're going to give really awesome feedback to help this person get better without being, you know what you did wrong. Because as soon as you say the word wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> so, um, you know, that um, safe, safe zone, we're going to make it a safe zone. Plus, I told them they could have do-overs, you know, even though they're being videotaped. All of these things make it for a safe environment. It's really important. People need to feel trust. So, oh, I, you know. Trust is huge. Trust, trust is huge. huge. Yeah. yeah. So now what, you know, with all of this said, we have about uh, two and a half minutes. What is your vision for the future of business? And where, or maybe what categories or businesses do you think are most likely to adopt this way of thinking? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think that in, in, in business, in corporate America, even small, small shops, uh, entrepreneurs really have to embrace this idea of, of having agile business. I, I had a friend that, that said something, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a great quote, which agility is the new stability. Hmm. Being agile is really, is really where stability is going to come from. So who needs to embrace this? I believe everybody has to embrace it, and I'll tell you really quickly why. The millennials that are coming up in just a few years already, this, this year, in two, this last year, in 2015, the millennials – the amount of millennials in the workplace surpassed the baby boomers. Is the baby boomers exit, and I'm on the tail end of that generation, and <clears throat> Gen Y, X, and Z start to come up, they will not allow this old style of management and leadership uh, much longer. 
you're going to be struggling to get people, good, talented people in the workforce. They want to make a difference. They want to be engaged. They'll take less money if they feel engaged. So those leaders who are embracing the millennials and what's coming forward and who they are and what they're wanting and what their expectation is, they are going to thrive. And a lot of companies that go the old style are going to fall by the wayside. And they're not going to be agile enough and have the ability to be stable. So I believe that everybody's going to have to embrace this mindset in the next 10 to 15 years. Why not be on the forefront of it and reap the benefit now? You know, it's funny. I have uh, a couple of uh, younger people in, in different companies that I work with, and this just one gentleman, his name is Carl, stands out for me. But um, if he finds like a new app <laughs> and he sees me, he comes over, I found this app for you, or he'll email me, you've got to download this app. If you don't understand it, don't waste time, I'll teach you. Or he'll tell me to listen to a podcast. Or some of them send me links to YouTube videos that they think will inspire me. And I giggle. I, I say, you guys are reverse mentoring me again, you know. <laughs> um, but they're, I, I don't pay them for this. They are so eager to make an impact to my business. Or um, if I share an idea with a class, of course, I always give credit, um, that they're given that credit credit for thinking outside of the box amongst their peers. They just love that. So this engagement is, I think, just, it's, it's, it's winning for me. And I guess I embrace all of their uh, sometimes crazy ideas. But then you look at them and you think, you know, that's really not so crazy. That's almost groundbreaking that it motivates them to even be more creative and bring things to the corporate uh, culture to try to change and, and, and implement uh, to make better, easier, whatever it is for everybody executing whatever it is, whatever it is the industry that you're working within. So, um, yeah, I think the millennials... They, they want to be heard, and they will be heard, especially because of their size. But they have a lot to say, and they really are, they use their ingenuity for the betterment of, why aren't we capitalizing on that? Oh, well, you, Connie, just what you said is so important, because as I said, I came, I'm on the tail, tail end of the baby boom. Um, but you're talking about millennials. Are, what's important to them is a sharing and caring economy. If you think about the big companies, Facebook is all about sharing. Twitter is all about sharing. Uh, Airbnb, uh, Uber, it's a sharing economy. Millennials want to share their information. They freely share it. They want to make a difference. There's not this less than mentality or this scarcity mentality. Yes. There's enough for everyone. It's yeah. this new movement within business which we can all benefit from, all the joint ventures that are happening and the new form of marketing to the millennials and, and beyond with with all of the uh, the digital marketing revolution that's happening right now. Yeah. You see it with the artists. You oh, see yeah. it with the artists, the singing artists. They're all uh, doing joint ventures mm-hmm. where years ago it was your own album. You know, you didn't do anything joint with anyone. So it's, it's I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this next, next decade. Um, and I... I'm thrilled that the millennials embrace me, and I certainly embrace them and allow them to to reverse mentor me all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, Skip, thank you so much for being on. What a, a, what a great show. I hope it's inspired people to just shift the way they think about leadership. Now, I'm going to list the two websites, everybody. Um, uh, Skip has two, mywellnessofficer.com and also... Exactly. 
Connie, it's actually mychiefwellnessofficer.com. I apologize. I had that written. I read it wrong. So mychiefwellnessofficer.com. And you also have meditationprescription.com. Right, which is for stress reduction tools for uh, medical professionals and work professionals to be able to uh, live their life. And I'm really trying to promote meditation as a tool rather than medication. Change the C to a T and meditate. Uh, for it. mindfulness and, 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 and meditation, bring that into the workplace for the wellness yes. aspect. Um, more CEOs are doing meditation. So uh, I, I meditate. I believe in it. And then if you'd like to uh, follow or see any of the upcoming public workshops, I'm also going to post that. It's at www.thejourney.com, and it'll have a whole list of where Skip will be if you'd like more information. I'll also post uh, Skip's email so that you can uh, connect with him directly and that's skip at mychiefwellnessofficer.com you guys thank you so much for joining me Skip thanks again for being on the show I hope uh, all of you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize we got this guys Thanks for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I can't speak. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful week. And try some of these new ideas from this leadership model that Skip taught us. And report back to me. Um, Let me know. Share your stories if something connects and works at Connie at WhitmanAssoce.com. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks. been listening to the architect of change with your host connie whitman of whitman associates thank you for tuning in we're glad you were here time may change me but i can't